Here, President Dwight D. Eisenhower stands in front of his desk in the White House Oval Office. A pair of civilian advisors stand to one side of him. On his other side is a military advisor. These men are not based on any specific people. Instead, they are symbolic of two strong, sometimes competing, influences. The need for strength abroad on one side and progress at home on the other. What made Eisenhower want to be president? At first, he wasn't interested in the job. As a general in the army and former NATO commander, he felt he had to be nonpartisan. But in 1952, he changed his mind. The country was at war in Korea. Tensions were rising with the Soviet Union. In response, a grassroots campaign began to recruit General Eisenhower to run for president. Eisenhower saw that he was needed to keep the peace. He ran and won a decisive victory, carrying 39 of 48 states. It's true. People liked Ike. And Ike knew that as president, he could serve the people. He knew it was vital to keep the peace without sacrificing the country's economy or democracy. He had to create balance through his leadership. There is, in our affairs at home, a middle way between untrammeled freedom of the individual and the demands for the welfare of the whole nation. Notice at the back of this scene on the wall is a carved relief map of the world. As a former soldier, Eisenhower always maintained a global perspective. After taking office, Eisenhower extricated the U.S. from Korea. And, understanding that future wars would be nothing like what had come before, Eisenhower built a nuclear arsenal to deter atomic powers like the Soviet Union. Later, Eisenhower would say, the United States never lost a soldier or a foot of ground in my administration. We kept the peace. People ask how it happened. By God, it didn't just happen. I'll tell you that. Keeping the peace abroad allowed Eisenhower to pursue progress at home. He believed that a free society and a productive economy were just as important as military strength. In the statuary here, the military advisor is a white man, as is the civilian advisor to the far left of the scene. However, the man closer to Eisenhower, holding a briefcase under one arm, he's African-American. This is symbolic of Eisenhower's work to advance civil rights. Eisenhower saw civil rights as one of the most important issues facing the nation. When the governor of Arkansas refused to integrate the schools in Little Rock, Eisenhower ultimately deployed the 101st Airborne Division to support the peaceful integration. Eisenhower had a special connection to this unit. It was the same one he visited on the eve of D-Day. That visit is also depicted here in the memorial, in the statuary across from the Oval Office scene. 
The paratroopers there are all white men because the military wasn't integrated during World War II. During his presidency, Eisenhower completed the desegregation of the military. There are many other ways Eisenhower's domestic legacy lives on today. Education was his ticket from Abilene, Kansas to the United States Military Academy at West Point and beyond. He never forgot this, and as president, he created the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare, elevating education to a higher level of importance than any previous president. He also created the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA, and the Interstate Highway System, the largest public works project in U.S. history. When Eisenhower first became president, it wasn't clear if the United States would be able to compete with the communist nations. But by the time he left office, Eisenhower was truly the leader of the free world. From the White House in the office of the President of the United States, we present an address by Dwight D. Eisenhower. This is the farewell address. January 1961, three days before the end of President Eisenhower's second term. This evening, I come to you with a message of leave-taking and farewell, and to share a few final thoughts with you, my countrymen. Eisenhower's farewell address is one of his best-known speeches. Some excerpts can be found inscribed behind this statuary. In his farewell, Eisenhower praised the values that make America strong. Throughout America's adventure in free government, our basic purposes have been to keep the peace, to foster progress in human achievement, and to enhance liberty, dignity, and integrity among peoples and among nations. To strive for less would be unworthy of a free and religious people. But Eisenhower also offered some final words of caution. Please note this speech has been edited for length. A vital element in keeping the peace is our military establishment. Our arms must be mighty, ready for instant action, so that no potential aggressor may be tempted to risk his own destruction. Until the latest of our world conflicts, the United States had no armaments industry. American makers of plowshares could, with time and as required, make swords as well. But we can no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. We recognize the imperative need for this development, yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals, so that security and liberty may prosper together. It was the end of a lifetime of public service. 
Eisenhower entered the U.S. Army in 1915, and now, nearly 46 years later, it was time to say goodbye. So in this, my last good night to you as your president, I thank you for the many opportunities you have given me for public service in war and in peace. May we be ever unswerving in devotion to principle, confident but humble with power, diligent in pursuit of the nation's great goals. To all the peoples of the world, I once more give expression to America's prayerful and continuing aspiration. We pray that peoples of all faiths, all races, all nations, may have their great human needs satisfied, that those now denied opportunity shall come to enjoy it to the full, that all who yearn for freedom may experience its spiritual blessings. Those who have freedom will understand also its heavy responsibility, that all who are insensitive to the needs of others will learn charity, and that the sources, scourges of poverty disease and ignorance will be made disappear from the earth, and that in the goodness of time, all peoples will come to live together in a peace guaranteed by the binding force of mutual respect and love. This audio guide has been made possible with a generous donation from the Boeing Company.